You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hello and welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now and I'm your host, Jackie Koch. And today we are talking about recognition and appreciation. And I think all important, or I guess all too often rather, we think that pay and benefits are enough to keep our team members happy. And according to research in a large analysis, I think you've heard this before, and especially with all of the talks of the great resignation, I think this is all over the place, but definitely worth um, sharing some of the statistics that I found in preparation for this podcast. Um, There was a large analysis. I can't remember the year it was done, but it was by a guy named Tim Judge and a bunch of colleagues. And they, this research was over, it included over 120 years and over 15,000 people. And there, it found that there was very little association between salary and job satisfaction. So little, in fact, only about 2% correlation. And it's, it's global. It's not just in the United States, which, which I found to be super fascinating. Um, according to their research, employees earning salaries in the top half of the data range had similar, similar levels of satisfaction to those at the bottom end of the range. And that's across the entire world. So it's important to know that compensation and benefits alone are not going to provide the engaged workforce that you're looking for. And now I'm not saying when I share the information with you, I'm not saying like you dismiss the importance of providing competitive pay and benefits, but, and, and quite honestly, I think competitive pay and benefits are table stakes to have a great team. So I'm not saying that you should dismiss it or pay lower in lieu of doing other things. But what I'm saying is that this research is clear that money is not the answer to an engaged team. So doing other things is so critical. And one of those things is showing recognition and appreciation. It's critical component to creating a really great team and one that loves their job. And it's something that is seemingly simple and super inexpensive to do, but often very unintentionally overlooked or under-indexed. You think that you're doing a great job of it, but your team doesn't feel it. And so if you're a leader, and you likely are if you're listening to this podcast, I recommend that you double down on on these efforts. Double down on your recognition and appreciation efforts. Challenge yourself to to certain recognition and appreciation goals every single day. It's the like cheapest and most effective way to build your team and create a great, great place to work. So don't think it's going to just happen. You got to plan for it. And the more you practice, the more you're going to remember and the more you're going to do it without thinking, but you've probably gone really most of your career thinking that, oh yeah, I'm doing it. They know I appreciate them. Well, they likely don't. And so double down on these efforts and you'll be amazed at what happens when on your team and and how fulfilled and how happy they are. So you shouldn't just run out and start saying thank you all the time. Blanket, general, thanks for doing that. Or I'm so grateful for you. They're great once in a while, but 
that's not really what you need to do. You got to get a little bit deeper than that. You need to first understand how every person on your team actually prefers to receive recognition and understand that there's a lot of different ways to do so. And people probably like a blend of all of them. And so What I want to talk about on this podcast is a little bit about the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. It's a book and some of the learnings that I've gotten from it. And the book is written by Gary Chapman and Paul White. And so I've actually, I initially got introduced to this concept through the five love languages, which is really a way to cultivate better personal relationships by helping you understand how each person prefers to give and receive love. And so I've definitely implemented a lot of those things into my personal romantic relationships, but this can also translate into every relationship you have with your kids, with your family members, and also at work. And they, they believe this as well. And research shows it that they've actually translated into a book specifically for the workplace. And it's a fascinating read. And so I'm going to go over some of the highlights that I've gotten out of the book and, and different ways to implement some of these things into your workplace. So like I said, the last two years have shown that people and employees, especially younger generations, they want more fulfilled jobs and teams to be a part of. In fact, studies show that close to 60% of people feel unappreciated at work. And I don't believe that there are that many shitty employers and bosses. If you go on LinkedIn or you'll see, you know, people putting managers and companies on blast all the goddamn time, excuse my language. And I think that's a bunch of bullshit. I think that there are not that many crappy bosses and crappy employers. I think it's a communication issue and a lack of understanding how your employees actually feel appreciated and how to best provide them with this stuff. And so it's so critical that you realize that people feel and value different types of recognition more or less than others. So here are the different ways that you can start to incorporate some of these things into your leadership. So there's five appreciation languages, um, and they're actually written out as what tends to be the primary language for people. So first is words of affirmation, then is quality time, third is acts of service, fourth is tangible gifts, and the fifth is physical touch, which gets a little dicey in the workplace, but I am going to touch on it a bit because I do think it's important to realize it exists and the appropriate ways to utilize it. So first, let's dive into words of affirmation. This is by far the most common language that is used in the workplace already and is actually the most preferred by people in the workplace. And it's basically using words to communicate a positive message to somebody else, basically verbally affirming a positive thing about the person. And here are some ways that you can do it. So first would be praising them for accomplishments that they've done, right? Tasks completed, great things they've done, but you got to make sure it's specific, the more and, and very timely. So the more that you can catch your team doing something great in the moment and calling attention to a specific thing, either like something they did, a task project, something they've accomplished or a way that they are doing something like a behavior in which they're doing it, the more likely it will be repeated because it's, it's drawing attention to it in the moment. And so saying something like, 
thanks for being prepared for the meeting today. Um, like if somebody's leading a meeting, right. And they do a really great job. Instead of just saying you did a great job with the meeting today, you should say, or you could say, depending on why they did a great job or what it was that they did that was so great was thanks for being prepared for the meeting with an agenda and then sending up all of the follow action steps to everybody after, you know, that is a lot more specific and understands what you are appreciative of, right? Versus just like, great job. Um, so, 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 so important to be timely and specific. Another thing, uh, so, so that's for accomplishments or tax, tasks or behaviors, right? You can also give, you know, praise or words of affirmation for character traits or personality traits. So those could be things like honesty or empathy, curiosity, maybe they're always optimistic or positive, um, growth minded, you know, it could be a bunch of different things. Um, and they're things that really you should start to pay attention to and to give positive affirmation about. And here's why. When you give somebody like a positive compliment on a character trait or a personality trait, you're praising them for like who they are as a human being. And it's super personal and also incredibly impactful. So pay attention to some of those things. Why you like someone? What is it that just makes them a great employee? And start to pay attention to when they're exhibiting those behaviors or, you know, those traits and start to praise them for that. It can make such a huge impact. And then here are some ways that you can actually do it. So, you know, you can do it individually in a one-on-one, which I talk about all the damn time. Um, this is often the most valued. Definitely praise in public is important as well. So praising in front of others. Now, not everybody likes to be praised like on a massive public announcement, but doing so like in front of a peer or a supervisor or a client can be huge. So if you can find a way to work that in, in front of somebody like that, like maybe the smaller team, um, their boss, um, um, or a client that can be huge. And it doesn't just have to be like verbally said, you could do this in an e. It's so easy to do positive words of affirmation now, right? We have Slack, we have texts, we have emails. There's so many electronic modes of communication that it's super, super simple to do, easy to forget. So like I said, make goals around this every single day, every single week. Um, and don't forget about the good old fashioned handwritten note. Who doesn't like getting a a, a card, a thank you card in the mail, right? Like people really appreciate that. So don't forget to do that once in a while. And a, a couple, so now I'm going to talk about a couple things that are super important to keep in mind as it relates to, to words of affirmation. you got to make sure it's sincere and genuine. Um, if you're like struggling, if you just had a conversation where you gave someone some critical feedback about something and it didn't land well, or you're working through a, like a, some problems that you're having working with someone or somebody on your team is underperforming and you just gave them a performance improvement plan, you, you got to be careful on how you go about giving this praise, right? Because you don't want it to, you don't want it to seem disingenuous. You could, you know, a better way to approach that is like, hey, I know that we just had this conversation about XYZ, but I wanted to let you know that I noticed XYZ and I really appreciated that and you did a really great job at blah, 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 or, you know, 
calling, giving some context versus just randomly like giving someone praise after you just gave them pretty hard feedback can be confusing. So just something to keep in mind. And then of course, at least I feel like this is of course, but maybe it's not and definitely worth mentioning your tone of voice and your body language is so critical. Like we can all remember a time at some point in our life where somebody said something to us and their words meant one thing, but the way that they said it and the tone of voice implied something else. So you got to make sure you think about that and your emotional intelligence skills they got to be up to par and you got to work on those. If that's something you struggle with, like we no longer live in a world that, especially as a leader, I guess we do live in a world where that is becoming more of an issue that people don't know how to interact with one another anymore because they're not as much. So work on your emotional intelligence skills. It's a skill you can develop. Don't write it off as like, oh, I'm awkward or, oh, I suck at this. Like, yeah, that might be true, but that doesn't mean you can't fix it. So make sure you're paying attention to your tone and your body language and that when you're giving it to them, um, when you're giving them that praise, like be focused on them. Like don't be texting, don't be distracted, right? So that is by far the most important, the words of affirmation. The next is quality time. And that really just means like showing the person that they're valued by giving them your most valuable resource, your time. And it's not just about being with them in person, but it's more about personal attention. Um, Oftentimes it's just about taking a few minutes to genuinely check in and hear how things are going, express an interest in what they're doing or what they're working on and asking questions so that they feel like they're actually valued and like the work matters that they're doing and that they matter as a person. And I think sometimes managers are like, I don't have time to do this. So they roll their eyes. But something that was super interesting in Chapman and White's work was that most of the time employees that value quality time don't necessarily want it from you as their boss. Sometimes they really love you as a supervisor, but sometimes they're like, I don't really want to hang out with you as the boss or the CEO. Oftentimes what they really want is quality time with their teammates and their coworkers. So it often doesn't have to just be you and it doesn't have to be a lot of it. Sometimes just a few minutes here and there and providing ways for your team to connect is a great thing and a great practice to do so that they feel appreciated and recognized. Um, and a few pro tips is making sure you give them focused um, attention. Here comes the multitasking again. The same is true. Like don't, multitasking is like what a lot of people think is an admirable trait. I think it's a terrible quality, to be honest. Like, don't do it. If you're in the middle of talking with somebody, be all there. Hide your phone, shut down your Slack, get rid of your Apple Watch notifications. Like, be there and it's there's nothing more almost like offensive than somebody giving you like talking to you, but not really being there. So be very aware of if you're doing that and be attentive and pay attention and make sure you're having quality conversations. Like don't your job as a boss, we all jump into this as being the problem solver and providing the solutions. This is a huge issue that I've had to work and to overcome. I don't need to solve the answers. And quite honestly, I don't know. I usually have the worst solutions. And so I get better at asking questions to help people solve their own problems. And it's something that I think all of us can be better at. 
Um, make sure you have eye contact, be interested, be in the conversation. Do not interrupt them. Don't just give them an answer or, or a solution, like have a conversation and help them work to their own answers. And oftentimes during these quality times, it might be somebody like sharing how they feel or providing emotions around something that's going on. So make sure you're acknowledging their feelings, even if you don't necessarily agree with, with how they're feeling or, or the, the way they interpreted something, um, you know, make sure you acknowledge their feelings and you can say something like, Hey, I totally understand how you felt that way. Like I might have as well. How about I under, how about I explain like why I made this decision or how we made this decision or things that went into this decision, um, is a way to like share your opinion. If you feel like you need to, if you disagree with something with, while also helping them feel understood, um, and acknowledged. And then the last, the last thing about quality time that they mentioned in this book that I completely for, took for granted, I guess, but is so worth mes- mentioning Shared experiences make a big difference. Shared experience with your team members, help them feel connected, encouraged, and a part of the team. You know, having somebody come along to a client meeting or be a part of a big um, presentation or just like watch you do something. I was on an interview with somebody and they're like, and she's a, she was a CFO and she was doing some financial modeling and she told everyone on their team like, Hey, if you guys want to join, I'm going to be screen sharing how I built this and why I built this for anyone who wants to join. What a great way to like have your team feel a part of, of something that's going on. Um, and then I also think back to the best teams I've ever been a part of. Like we went through some shit together. It was hard times and we were together through it all. And those are some of my most stressful times, but also like the times where I really felt like I was a part of a great team. So shared experiences definitely matter. The third one is acts of service. So this is seriously as simple as just giving help to somebody when they need it. And so this is not going to take long to go through, but definitely worth mentioning. My love language in my personal life is acts of service. Um, having somebody do stuff that makes my life easier literally is the foundation of, of how I feel loved. Thankfully, my significant other is the same way. So we both feel loved the same way. Um, fun fact, I was married once and his primary love language was tangible gifts. It was terrible. It was a recipe for a disaster. He would give me shit and I would be like, I just want you to do the laundry. Like, why are you giving me this? Right. Um, and so it's so important to know these things. Anyways, I digress. There's a little personal backstory. Um, so acts of service back on track. Um, this is literally just ask somebody how you can help before just jumping in and doing something. If you see somebody struggling or there's this deadline or there's something going on, like ask them for help. Um, if you're a colleague listening to this, like don't just forget your work to help somebody else. Obviously everybody's work often is intertwined. So what you do like impacts other people. But definitely like ask someone how you can help them. If you have some extra time asking them what can be done and not assuming you know what they need help with is huge. Um, You might think you're helping by doing something and you're actually making it worse, right? So ask them what and how they want something done. Um, It also can make somebody feel like you, you don't, they don't know what they're, you don't feel like they're doing a good enough job or they know what they're doing when you just jump in and do something, especially if you do it a different way. 
So helping them out in the workplace really depends on the situation. And it's so important and way more beneficial if you say, Hey, is there anything I can do that would make this project go better? Or is there anything I can do this week that would, would really help your week go better or would help you be you know, more effective or can take some stuff off of your plate. I have a little bit of, um, bandwidth. Like, can I help you with this is a great way to step in and and help with acts of service. Now you don't want to do it all the time, right? Like you're not going to just start doing everyone's work for them, but honestly stepping up and doing this, you know, occasionally is so, so helpful and it can be something super little. It doesn't have to be doing the entire project for them. So then the fourth, and actually one of the least, I don't want to say important, but least on the list of primary, like if you actually go through and figure out what yours is, tangible gifts is actually usually the least valued, especially in the workplace. And also one that we think we is what people want, right? Which is, it's kind of an oxymoron if you think about it, but the best way to give tangible gifts is not swag. (laughs) Like, How many, I don't want a coffee cup with my company's name on it all the time. Maybe when I first start, swag can be really great as long as it's great swag, but just giving people an anniversary Rolodex or Rolodex, Rolex. I don't even know um, why I said that, but you know, so many like anniversary watches is such like all of those, those are like old school things, ways of doing things. But anyways, I digress. Swag is not tangible gifts. What is, is small things that are individualized to the person and they should be personal. It's less about how much it costs and more about how like personalized it is. Um, the research in this, by Chapman and White found that only 6% actually chose tangible gifts as their primary language and 68% of people listed it as their least favorite. So important to know and do once in a while, but not important to do all the time. Um, here are some things they found that were highly valued in their research were tickets to different sporting events, gift cards to restaurants, tickets to different cultural events, like small vacations, like a weekend away to a, like a bed and breakfast or something like that. Um, certificates to spas or golf, um, or like skiing or something like that. Um, gift cards to things for people to buy stuff for their homes, you know, personal, or even like, if you know, there's a family, like gift cards to buy stuff for the kids. Um, those are all super, super valued. Um, and then for younger generations, time off is actually super important. It's one of their most valued. Um, and so giving flex time, if you can, um, or maybe like somebody works on a super hard task or a super hard project. They put in a lot of time and effort, give them an extra Friday off to say, Hey, why don't you take tomorrow off? You know, unexpected Friday off is always a great thing to do if you can. And so the fifth is personal touch. And for obvious reasons, this one is very hard to translate into the workplace and it's often pretty low on top languages, but there are ways to incorporate it to be appropriate in the workplace. It's definitely not one that should be like super predominant, but you're a human being and you're working with human beings and physical touch is part of being a human being. And so here are some ways to do it appropriately. There's really two, one celebrating and two, um, communicating like care, concern, or empathy. If something is like, if they're going through a really hard time, So celebrating, it would be like a high five, a fist bump, a handshake, or even like a pat on the back. And research shows that these things um, provide a sense of camaraderie, 
mutual respect and just like overall like pride and like, Hey, great job, you know? Um, and then of course, if like somebody lost a family member is going through a super hard, challenging time, showing care and concern is, is definitely appropriate. Like you should, as a boss, like your team should know you care about them. And sometimes like a hug can go a long way. Right. But you want to make sure you have for, for personal touch to really be appropriate and, and, and impactful, you've got to have a personal relationship with the, with your team. So if you don't, it's definitely not appropriate and always make sure that you are obviously not doing any form of harassment, which we can definitely go into in a future podcast, but I did think it was worth mentioning. So a great thing to do now that you know, all these things is to have your team take an assessment. If you buy the book, you can buy a book for everyone on your team, have the team read it together and then take the assessment. If you don't want to do it as a team, you should at least do it. And here's why you'll know what's the most valued to you. And also what is least valued because often we have blind spots around what our least important language is. So if your least important one is words of affirmation, you're probably not going to do it that much, but guess what? That's the most highly valued for most people. So you want to make sure you know what your least valued one is so you can start to implement intentionally ways to not ignore it. Um, and, um, you want to start incorporating this more into your workplace. So, oh, and then I think I shared this already, but I did think it was super interesting that they did research for both millennials and Gen Z, as well as, you know, older generations and everything was the same across generations. Words of affirmation was by far the most, um, the highest valued then was quality time, then was access service and then was gifts. So words of affirmation, I gave you lots of tips on how to do it. Um, and I, like I said, set yourself some goals around this stuff, make it a goal every week to do something to hit some goal as it relates to recognition, recognition and appreciation. It's the only way to help create, well, it's one of the ways to help create a meaningful workplace. And we're talking about lots of this stuff on the podcast and other episodes, but by far this was one that is simple and inexpensive to do and can make such an impact. So I'm so excited to see how this works out for you. I would love to see this have a ripple effect through businesses everywhere and really excited for you to go out and start appreciating your team. Thanks for tuning in and we'll check you next time. you're not driving, stop and take a moment to share this episode with someone who you thought about while listening, share it with your team to show them you're committed to their growth, share it with a fellow business owner in your network who, you know, will be moved by the message. Heck share it with your mother, your brother, your sister, or your cousin, your support in growing the show means the world to me.